Hi and welcome everyone to CRM Rocks. Today's podcast will be about news in Dynamic CRM 2015, and with me today I have a small panel, and I will let everyone introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Gretchen Opperqueue. I am the director of education at Power Objects, and I'm also a Dynamic CRM MVP and Microsoft certified trainer. And Power Objects. We are a Microsoft Dynamics CRM implementation partner based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, USA. And my name is Ted Thompson. I am also a trainer in MCT of CRM. I primarily do technical training as well as infrastructure and reporting for CRM. And I am excited to be here and talk about CRM 2015. Cool. So... There's a new release coming up, and it's called 2015. But the last release was less than a year ago. It's going really fast, and we have had a service pack in between. What are your thoughts? Why is it a new release and not just service pack 2? Well, I think there's a, a, a motivation of Microsoft to make sure that everybody knows that this is going to be a major release of CRM. So they use the naming convention that way. I think similarly with um, Windows 10 coming out, kind of skipping Windows 9, going from Windows 8 to Windows 10, Microsoft wants to indicate, hey, we're putting a lot into this. This isn't just a minor release. This is a major release. And so they're using the, the name of the release to indicate that. And also, I think maybe just working on pushing clients forward. We actually have seen organizations that are still on 4.0, still on 2011. And um, the name of the upgrade, CRM 2013 or CRM 2015, gives them that indication that they're kind of falling behind. So do you have any more thoughts on that? Yes, there are also some structural changes so it's it will help encourage people to understand that it is a new version there's some new schema capabilities of creating new fields um, the product hierarchy or the hierarchy in general so there's enough things that are making it significant as far as for the the database and the structure that it warrants calling it a new version mm-hmm. And also the, the new cadence of releases and updates is also for competitive reasons to continue pressing forward and uh, to enhance the product. So you mean the speed is one thing, but the, the, the new features is another. So trying to summarize what you said there, that there's a lot of features and a lot of great new features. So an upgrade is... is the right way to go here but my thinking is that it's been less than a year since 2013 does this mean that i can no longer buy client access license for 2011 there will be a, there will be a time where where 2011 will be sunsetted i don't know particular dates on that but there will be a point where yes you will not be able to get a new uh, the the new licensing new cows for 2011 just like you can no longer get 40 because sometimes there's a, like oh we support the current release and one backwards and now when they're coming really fast that window is yeah. getting smaller all the time i think traditionally it has been about the number of years versus the number of releases so I yeah, would you're be surprised right. if, if 2011 is sunsetted soon. Right. Okay, so there's a bunch of new features. What are you looking forward to? A couple of my favorites are the uh, the new calculated and roll-up fields. So you can do more with uh, calculating on the fly and not requiring a, a, a quite so much development. And then also the ability to roll up information from child records up to a parent. That, that's probably one of my favorites, as well as enhancements to the business rules and the business process flows, where we now have the branching capability and the ability to do the if-then if scenarios. Gretchen? 
kind of took mine. I think the business process flows, the business rules. Customers love to customize the system and they like to be able to take the platform and um, and mold it to what they need for their own business processes. So that's where I feel like all the features that allow them to do that even more um, are, are great. And the portable business logic or the business rules and the process flows are things that um, Microsoft is just adding configurability to and customers love that. Absolutely love right. it. So I would summarize that as no-code solutions then. Absolutely. Exactly. So that means that I can do more as a sort of admin and I don't have to open Visual Studio to do that anymore. Some things, I think every version, as they add these new capabilities in the UI configuration, that's great. There will always be requirements and requests for still pushing that further. So I think there will always be needs for extending CRM as well. With custom code. But if you go into any sort of user group meeting, the majority of people there are not developers. So probably 90% of people in a given user group meeting are not developers and they want solutions that they can configure without custom code. So they're eating it up. Yeah, and even though I'm a developer, I think less code is better because codes tend to have more bugs than no code tend to have. So (laughs) that's great from my perspective too. And there will always be business developing to dynamic CRM. But this isn't all the items that are on the new list. Is there anything else there on the to-do list so we can sort of get all the bullets and then go into them? Sure. Okay. Um, the uh, Well, the business process flow, we, me- we mentioned that. Um, there's now the ability to do branching. So one of the often uh, requested uh, ways of configuring that was to be able to change the business process flow a little more dynamically or to have more flexibility with 2013, we love the feature, but the user does have to understand and know when to change from one process to another. With the ability to branch, we can now, with logic built into the business process flow, move the user in different directions based on their selections rather than them necessarily having to take the initiative to change the process manually. Also, the programmability has been greatly enhanced there. So with JavaScript, for instance, we can now dynamically move the user from one from one stage to another. We can even skip stages. We can also hide or collapse the business process flow bar altogether. Okay, so let's start there then. So business process, you can branch, as you said, accesses using JavaScript. Perhaps if you have selling both products and services, that's a good way to sort of branch that they perhaps or most definitely have different steps that you have to go through. Right. Or most often it's the size, for example, of a, of a company or the size of an opportunity that's going to indicate a different type of sales process if you're using sales process as an example. And so uh, by selecting, you know, a certain size or a certain attribute, then that's going to send you off into a different set of steps. So it's great for organizations that have a number of different business units selling different products or different services and to have different sales processes. Okay, are we missing anything important on business process improvements here then? Because I think branching and accessing sort of the main parts there, right? Correct, yes. Then you had business rules that you said was was important to you. What are you looking forward there and, and why? The Well, the business rules was a, a fantastic add to 2013 in that, again, it 
it allowed the power users, the admins, the junior consultants and developers to, to write JavaScript quickly and efficiently so that they, with many of those really common features, they could quickly add in, you know, things like the hiding displaying fields dynamically or making them required. One of the, oh, a little bit of a, of a, of a limitation to that was that we didn't have the ability to add, con add branching conditions in there, such as, or, so if, if a value equals this, do this, or do this. So we would have to work around that by creating multiple rules mm -hmm. to give us reverse logic, for example. And so now we can do that. We can add in an, an or, an else, uh, into the business rules to really, uh, um, make that development even faster. There, there aren't really any new actions available, but, uh, that feature in and of itself is a nice enhancement. It'll probably reduce the number of business rules that people have to create is what you're saying. So, right. you know, if you currently have to create two or two business rules, which is frequent, you have to create two business rules to accomplish a task. Now you only have to create one. So right. then that will just reduce the things you have to update. Yeah. Yeah. And reduce complexity in number of business rules to make one thing reduces the bugs as I was mm -hmm. into earlier. And I read somewhere, I, perhaps I'm wrong, that now it targeted all client platforms and it didn't do before. Is that correct? Correct. Yes, you can use it with all uh, client platforms, correct. And that was the same as before, or is that a, a new feature? Right. And it's also um, server-side, so uh, it, you, this can be, uh, uh, it should be, faster and more efficient as well. So moving forward to calculated field, what's, what's the difference here bec between a calculated field, a business rule, and roll-up field? Because they're all quite similar and they have a little bit of touch points, but they're not quite the same. So can, can you give me a difference here? Right. The calculated fields uh, can will allow you to do more uh, manipulation of, uh, so for instance, in the business rules, we could set a value based on information that the, that the user has entered or, or modifies. But now with calculated fields, we get more functionality as far as what that calculation does. And there's a number of functions that are pre-built for you, such as uh, trim, uh, concatenation. Um, you can do some, some more complex calculations, uh, and more complex, uh, arithmetic in those calculations. And, but there, and it's real time. It's, uh, uh, as, as the, the user is interacting with those values, um, it will handle those calculations. And so it's not just, uh, numeric. It, it can be, uh, um, substrings and trimming and as well as uh, the what we've been able to do with uh, with the existing business rules so that means that the name calculated fields might be a little bit misleading yeah I think it almost underestimates it I think there there's a lot more we can do with that so the the way you would set it up is you create a new field uh, a new number field in CRM and then you pick as to whether it's going to be calculated or roll up. And then you set the properties. And when you do that, you get a little visual editor, very similar to the business rules, where you start to set some conditions and, and you can, it's all on that entity. However, you can uh, consider, you can uh, use in your condition information from related tables as well. Whereas the roll up fields, the, the biggest benefit there is that it will, it will roll up children records up to a parent so for instance you might roll up all of the all of the revenue or maybe you might count cases that a customer has open and the the value of that is that a user can be looking at a list of records and see a field in that list of that roll up where up to now that's been either a calculated field or at a minimum it's create it's required a plugin or some very complex javascript to handle that for us 
Yeah, I remember in 2011 where you have the navigation on the entity to the left and you had the related, all the relationships there. And first thing the customer asked for, oh, I want a little number there that calculates the, <laughs> the related so I don't have to check everything to see if there's anything there. I would want to sort of right. start parenthesis, a zero and end parenthesis if there's nothing there. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can sort of do that, but is there any place that I can show that or I have to create a, a new field to show that stuff in Serum 2013? So for the rollups, you create a new field and you uh, when you create it, you select the the field type number and then you select a subtype of that or a format of that as being a roll-up field and then similar to calculated fields then you go into an editor it's a it's a nifty little visual editing form that allows you to then put in your conditions you select your relationships and then the function that you want to do with your calculation it might be sum it might be min or max or count those typical aggregation capabilities that we have. Is this a always read-only field or am I allowed to override this? It is a read-only field. In fact, when you see it on the form, it has a little a little calculator icon next to it, which which is a nice visual cue as to what that field is. And then there's there are there's a recalculation um, job that runs, but a system admin could manipulate that. And you could also automatically re do recalculations using SDK. Is that the same with roll-up fields then? Yes. Yep. So they looks the same to the end user, but they do different things. Right. The roll-up fields are more from a roll-up of children data up to parent, whereas calculate fields are, are manipulating fields on that form or on that one record. Oh, yep. Okay. So I've, I think I read somewhere that you have to press a recalculate button on the roll-up fields, but perhaps that's not the case. There's a there's a job that will do the, the recalculation for you. You can also uh, manipulate that with... Uh, All right, so you can say, I want to uh, have a new value right now. Right. Or you can rely on the schedule or you can manipulate the amount of time of that schedule. So for instance, some roll-up fields once a day is sufficient, whereas others maybe you want that much more frequently. And you might just decide at a at an infrastructure level or for performance level. Um, I think there's minimum impact with it, but you might decide that uh, you'll you'll modify that based on on each field. So all of these features that we have discussed right now are all sort of admin features. But the users, they do get new stuff too, right? <laughs> Things like the mobile enhancements. What do you think about those? Yes, the, the mobile enhancements, There, there's two key features there. One is the ability to have dashboards, any dashboard, available on the tablet. That was one of the limitations with 2013 is that you're essentially using the sales dashboard. Whereas now we can make any of them enabled. And the other key key new feature is the ability to create records offline. So in, in our disconnected state, we can create any new records and they become drafts in our app, in our tablet app client. And then when we reconnect, we can review those and decide to keep those to publish them up to the server. Okay, so can you call that some offline capabilities or would you like to call it offline totally, or how do you? I wouldn't call it offline totally. It's kind of a, yeah. A offline create. Offline create, yes. It still relies on the caching of your visits to records in order to view that data offline. Yeah, and that's why it can be hard to convey or communicate this new information without being misleading to to customers right mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i think some of the business uses there that we're trying to drive towards is um you know i'm on the road i want to create an activity i'm on the road or in a trade show 
event type situation and I want to create new leads. Um, so those are the business use cases that would, you know, the new feature would meet. And also beginning with 2013 SP1, there was much greater support in the tablet for service. And so now they have the capability, say, for instance, an organization where you have field uh, field reps and, and service technicians that may not always have a good internet connection. They can create cases, they can create activities offline. Yeah, that's great for using it in the field where you don't have connection or is not allowed to have a connection. Right. There's a new visualization, the organization visualizer or any hierarchy visualizer. Yeah, what do you think about it? Um, it's kind of interesting that that this is being added into the application because we've been creating these types of things with custom code for years just because of the demand um, for this type of visualization to be able to look not just at a parent account, child account relationship, but to be able to look at the entire organizational tree of a of a of a company or of a, of a number of contacts at a company. So it's definitely been a, um, a long coming um, solution. And also many third parties have attempted to create this type of technology. Yeah, I've done a couple of them myself and I bet you have too. So <laughs> is it sort of a relief to not have to do it or are you sorry that you can't sell it. <laughs> but I, I I do like that it uh, that it it works it works nicely um, in the in the what I've been working with it and um, it's got the capability of, of some configuration as to the data that you see in that little card visualization and it's especially good if you are uh, if you had for instance you're leveraging the image field so you can you can see a nice visual if you're looking at a, a, a an organization's uh, uh, org chart essentially is what this can give you um, currently in this current version 2015 it'll allow for uh, referential relationships within uh, within an organization within an entity excuse me so accounts to accounts or products to products and then you can you can do that within many of the out-of-the-box entities plus any custom entity what we will not be able to do but what is on the roadmap is to do a one entity to another so say accounts to contacts that's not part of the original the initial rollout of 2015 and that's something that will probably be some demand for mm -hmm. but it is on the roadmap all right so it's one to many relationships only and only self-referencing relationships exactly yep okay so you were into this that you can customize it using the fields on there that you said that you can somehow customize it uh, i hear limitations for the where what are they on the on the so for the little tile that you see for each record you can have four fields and so for example the on the account one that's there out of the box for for us to look at it has the company name the primary contact and phone number and a roll-up of their revenue so that's a nice example of how you can leverage the new roll-up fields and show for instance you can see all of the sales the potential sales revenue throughout an organization by looking at the tiles because it will show each at each level and then at the parent it rolls up to the parent and then up and further up if necessary so it's easy to find where where to put your salespeople to work right uh, so that means that account is is pretty locked down if you want a custom field or change one field let's say i want to see the owner of the account that's that's not possible right now. But you can you can add the owner and you have four fields and you can put in whichever four fields you would like to show on there. All right, and you use uh, an, a view for that or is there a separate 
in the configuration area, you configure the higher, there's now a hierarchy settings section in under the entity. So if you go to accounts, down, you go down the list, fields, forms, so forth, there's now hierarchy setup and you go into there and you add, add or remove fields to that, to the tile construction. So it's like a little mini form that you're working with that has a limit of four fields. Oh, cool. And uh, this is available out of the box for account positions and products. Is that correct? End users. End users. Right. So you could see an organization, uh, their org chart of employees. And the relationship relies on the manager field that's been on CRM user records from some time now. Yeah. So that's mean that you're not targeting your customer. You're actually targeting your own organization and trying to get an overview of that. It, yeah. In that example, yes. For users, yes. You can, you can see it with accounts and you can create it for context too, if you wish. Uh, would you recommend that creating it for uh, other like case? Possibly with the new, with the case hierarchy that was introduced in service pack one, that might not, maybe people may not be interested in that, but I, I, I think that could be a, a compelling way of showing it or if, if you're leveraging that case hierarchy that was introduced. All right. So is, is this on the account form as from standard? If you upgrade, you get it on the bottom of the form or how does it work? Do I have to activate it? Because uh, it's, it sounds it's, like a feature that I want all the time. It, it's available uh, with the upgrade or a new installation. And then the way you visualize it is in the more actions option. You select a record either in a view or open it up. And then in the more actions, you will see an option view hierarchy. And when you do that, the, uh, the layout displays both with a tree view on the left side, as well as the, the tile visualization on the main form. Products is actually haven't talked about, but we mentioned here that you can have a hierarchy of product, but how does that work? The products has a significant enhancement with this version. It's been, it's been several versions since products were enhanced. So I'm excited to see this as well. And it allows for creating families and bundles. And as you add a product to an opportunity or a quote, you can view suggestions. So you can configure it so that uh, a, a, a salesperson, as they're putting together the quote, they can suggest and they can, they can see upsell, they can see uh, cross sell, they can see um, uh, potential substitutions as well as all of the pro all of the properties that make up a product. So for instance, if you were selling a, uh, an, a car, your properties may include things like color and type of transmission and uh, size of engine. And so you could see all of that and readily make suggestions of upsell right there on the fly as you're, as you're working with your customer. So that means that is sort of a new concept product family or or how would you label this yeah it's a, it's an evolution of the kit concept which is actually being deprecated um, but with families and bundles you can group products so if you sell one if you sell product a you would then readily be able to offer them well if you've bought this maybe now you'd also be interested in products b and c and if you'd like, C has other versions or has different properties that might either enhance the product or make it more economical. That means that I can use this in combination with the business process improvements now that I have this group of products that I can add to that or is um, how do you think about that? Yes, I, I think that would probably work in, in that regard. Um, the, the business process flow will uh, primarily be working against fields on, say, on the opportunity, for instance. Um, but you could add, you could have a business process flow, include the quote, and then based on selections there or include products. And so based on those selections, then, then yes, that would, that would work. Then you might drive 
the business process, the business process flow might help the salesperson go through their, their selection of products more easily. How would you use this new concept of product families? Well, as a partner uh, and uh, implementer, we might uh, we might offer ways of, of upselling training, upselling uh, a support plan. So if if someone becomes a customer, maybe we're their partner of record. Well, then then they might also be interested if they've purchased Serum online. Well, maybe then they might be interested in adding Power BI or they might be interested in adding SharePoint. And we can readily see that. And we could dynamically drive the price list also. That's another enhancement. So based on perhaps sales territory, you might dynamically offer a different price list that's so the user wouldn't necessarily have to know that they could be choosing a different price list for a customer. And so that can that can enhance that experience as well. All right. I haven't actually read much about the enhancement in price list. What are they? Are they just connected to product families or are they more general enhancements there? It's primarily around uh, the territories. So you might say for this territory, they'll get this price list or that price list um, so that the user doesn't necessarily have to um, know where the customer is geographically or within their hierarchy uh, as a customer to know which price list to give them. Yeah, because uh, um, new users, uh, I have found that right now price list might be a little bit hard to grasp when you're going to do a new quote you have to pick something and it can be hard uh, do, have you seen that currently in CRM yes definitely products setup of products in general has always been a little bit of a a uh, little bit of a challenge it, it uh, there's a lot of functionalities so that means there's a lot of complexity in setting it up but the better you set it up the, the better experience it is for the end user, the salesperson. Or... Trying to go back here to hierarchy, there's there's one more little extra there, right? So it's it brought a new search feature in Advanced Find, under or not under, that you can search for now that you haven't been able to search for before. Right. So you could say, give me all accounts that are either under or over in the hierarchy levels with a, a specific account or uh, any of the or any of the data about that account that you would like to search on or filter on. Does this mean that these enhancements like not under is a new concept? Can that? No, I'm thinking left outer joints, right? Because that you can't still do in advanced fine. Right. Correct. Yes. So you're, you, this doesn't allow for the capability to find uh, records that don't have a child record of something. You know, so it, you're, you're not able to look for accounts that have no activities, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's, what's the one I was thinking about. Uh, uh, you have this concept of an account that haven't been used in a, a campaign for the last six months i think right. you have some record there that you have like the last date that it was used in a campaign but some of my customers have then asked for yeah i want where there is no activities for the last six months or there's no cases and we still have a support we're still getting support money but they're perhaps not getting their value worth can we sort of activate them perhaps they're falling out soon or to kind of catch that and that's still not possible right right correct not out of the box <laughs> yeah we always have ways of solving that but that, that's the consultant answer <laughs> uh, it depends on you can, we can fix that for you <laughs> Well, while looking at the uh, the user's view here, the help uh, have been sort of a, a lacking feature in CRM for quite a while. 
and there's been standard help, but now there's actually coming custom help. What's your take on that? My uh, my thought being in education here is um, it's another one of those things you're talking about that's very tricky to convey what it actually does and doesn't do. Um, I think more than custom help, I would probably call it help augmentation. So you can add to the help with your own web resources, but you don't get access to the entire help files to just find and replace a term or modify the built-in help files. So I would, like I said, probably label it more of a help augmentation ability. All right, so where does it show up? So this would be right within the, the help area. Um, I don't know if you have any more thoughts there, but... Right, throughout throughout the application, wherever you see the question yeah. mark that gives you the contextual help. This is this was one element that has been stated to be released, uh, but it was not part of the beta uh, preview, so we have not actually seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the getting started is still there and you don't have any ability to change that. But if you get into the help, there's where this augmented help is. That's our understanding at this point, yes. All right, so this is a little bit speculation on our part and then? Yes. <laughs> All right. Can yeah. we be sure that this is going to be shipped or how, how do we think about that? We're not sure about anything being shipped, are we? Right. <laughs> it's been stated that it was approved yes. for 2015 release, but we just it just wasn't part of the beta the the beta preview. So, being real clear here, that the, it is in the preview guide or the preview release doesn't guarantee that it's going to be in the full-fledged product once it's released, they might add or remove things. Right. We've anticipated it. One thing I will mention, though, if people are really interested in help, is um, the CRMCustomerCenter.com obviously has a ton of resources from Microsoft, and there they have a um, user guide. It's pretty much an export of the entire help system. So if you're wanting to, um, if you're wanting to customize something that looks like help, you can probably customize it in a word, word format. And then import it into CRM, or do you change each one of them based on the entity? Or yeah, no, I'm not suggesting that you actually have it in CRM, but um, but that if you did want to customize something that that was existing, that would be an option. Um, this is, like I said, more augmentation. So it's more, the use case would be more like if you have, for example, a custom entity like a project and you want to write some help on how you would use the project entity, then um, you could do that and then add it to the help, um, the existing help that's there. Oh, that's great though, because once you have used Dynamic CRM for a couple of years or just might get started, you commonly have custom entities and the help this far on that part haven't been really much a help to the users. Right. Yes. Of course, we as consultants would love to be able to just break into the whole help file and and take it away, but I can understand why Microsoft wouldn't offer that option right now. <laughs> I can see problems there too. Um, so if you're renaming accounts to customers, that's still going to be the same names as the standard in the help. Yeah. Correct. One big consideration when renaming, I guess. Yeah. I usually don't rename standard entities, but that happened. Right. And um, even though you can export the, the translation files and change them, you always miss something. Right. Uh, have you the same experience? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I try to discourage renaming just because it pretty much nullifies any of the public resources available on the application. So 
Microsoft continuously produces videos. Many partners, MVPs produce videos and um, other written content, and you really can't leverage that with your end users if you've renamed it. So it might be easier just to teach them the new name. <laughs> Accounts. Yeah, yeah. And I get that they're using the standard name because what would you otherwise name them? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Trying to move along here then. Service has had a, a great number of enhancements in Service Pack 1 and now in, in 2015. Is, is Service Pack 1 included or is that still optional? How does that work? The upgrade path will require Service Pack 1 to be installed and uh, the updates lit up, if you will. So that was one of the steps with Service Pack 1 was to install it. And then you needed to go in and, and install the updates from the settings area in the administration section and that then made them available throughout the site map and through the UI. So that does have to be in place. Um, the, the updates have been fairly minimal in 2015 around service beyond service pack one. Entitlements remain the same. SLAs though have a nice enhancement with a new type of SLA called enhanced SLAs. So you could continue to use SLAs as you may be using them with Service Pack 1. And you can also use enhanced ones, which allow the ability to pause the timer. Uh, the timer was a great add with the ability to, to monitor your first response requirements and your resolution by response. And so you were able to uh, uh, see that in that nice visual of the timer. However, if the customer said, let's put that on hold, or you're waiting for the customer to respond, your timer kick keeps ticking regardless. But now with the enhancement to SLAs, you'd be able to pause it based on certain status reasons. So you can configure a status reason that says on hold or pending or or waiting for customer. And if the status goes to that on the case, it automatically pauses the timer. And then there's fields, of course, that are tracking all that for you. So it's, it's, uh, that's, that's a nice enhancement to that. Yeah. And that does that mean that there's an upgrade path for that? If I'm using SLA as they are today and I want this new enhanced SLA, do I create new ones or how does that work? If you want to use the new enhanced, yes, you would have to create new SLAs with the type enhanced. You could continue to use SLAs as you are and not use the enhanced um, if that's working well for you. But if you want to take advantage of this of the, the new pause feature, you will have to um, create new ones. But I would like to go in perhaps a little bit on entitlement, even though there's not perhaps news in, in this, but there's always news in Service Pack 1 because perhaps it's not just me, but a lot of my customers haven't upgraded it or didn't opt in for the enhancements. Right. How are your customers on that? Do a lot of your customers opt in for that? Probably more a higher percentage of the online customers have opted in versus on-premise. I think some customers, on-premise customers, have been dragging their feet maybe a little bit. And some might even decide at this point, especially with the NDA have been lifted much earlier than originally anticipated, now that they're starting to see what's in 2015, they may decide to wait just a little bit longer and go with 2015 rather than even going to 2013. Mm -hmm. However, the upgrade path does still require you to go from 2011 to 2013 to SP1 and then to 2015. But the good news is that if you have upgraded to 2013 and you've trained your users, you've gotten used to the new interface, the interface change from 2013 to 2015 is almost negligible. Is that a good thing? I think it's a good thing. The enhance there's so many enhancements for improving the uh, configuration and 
that I, I think it's good to not give the not, not give the users another new change. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that will really help with adoption of 2015 versus the 2011 to 2013. What do you think about the training for users going from, say, 2011 to 2015? Do you think that there's a lot of training needs to be done or how do you think about that? Yeah, we've been recommending that organizations try to do more pre-training and more hands-on uh, training, meaning using creative methods to get users into the CRM 2013 or now 2015 interface before they have to use it in a production environment. Um, just because the upgrade is really about retraining your mind on where to go in the system. And I think you can agree that all of us moving from 2011 to 2015, you know, 2013 and now 2015, just uh, it's all about where do where did I find it before? Where do I find it now? And I think there's a little bit of uh, the way that your mind wraps around applications has to change. And for those of us who are technical, it's probably a two to three day process. Uh, for people who are novice technical users, they are going to have a longer and more painful process getting used to the new interface. And so uh, we are trying to use training and work labs and things where people can get their hands on the system in order to help, I guess, help with that change management for end users. How do you use the new features like entitlement in the service pack one and now in 2015? Well, the, the change from 2013 to 2015 for entitlements is, is not, uh, there, there, there really isn't any differences there. However, oh, in service pack one then. Yeah, service pack one, excuse me. Um, but, uh, if, if user, if, uh, organizations have not gone to service pack one, then this will be a, a new element for them. And, uh, I, I, I like it. It's uh, especially if people have been using contracts, um, this is a nice enhancement from the contracts feature, um, which originally I'd heard were being deprecated. However, contracts are still in 2015. So if people are using contracts right now, they, they don't need to. Uh, be concerned about um, losing them. However, entitlements have so many new uh, um, enhancements to contracts that I really are encouraging people to to use them. For for one, they're not as restrictive. They're um, they're a little more um, they're they're more flexible. Um, for instance, you can decide whether to enforce them or not. Um, so if so, say you have an entitlement and someone. Uh, runs out of their allotment of a given channel, then uh, you can decide to to still allow that case to be created, but perhaps routed differently. Um, and and the channel feature was probably one of the most significant elements of it, where you can dictate not only that a case is being created, but which method in which they are opening the case. So the case it relies on the case origin function. So is it an email? Is it a portal? Is it uh, through a link or Skype, you could even add those as new origins and they automatically show up as options in the entitlements. So that means that if I'm going with new customers going into this field, I would definitely recommend entitlement instead of contracts. Yes. And the same with SLAs. I would recommend SLA enhanced instead of ordinary SLA. I, I would I would think so too. CRM has always been a platform that we try to build upon, right? There's been some enhancement on that part too, like uh, the search part. The global search? Yes, of course. I mean, the global search. <laughs> I, see, I say finally. What do you say? Um, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with the global search. I... I personally see it as a, as a first release of some functionality that Microsoft probably will enhance. Um, I think it 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 is it is definitely something that people have been asking for the ability to search across entities. But um, you know, it returns a smaller data set visibility on the screen. So 
Um, the real estate is is um, is small, which will probably work for many organizations that have smaller numbers of accounts, so probably in the thousands. But once you get into global organizations that have potentially millions of records, I think the global search will still it'll still be a consideration for them whether it's going to be extremely useful. Right. Okay, so your consideration here is that it it got more records than you can see, and you can't just next page, next page, and sort of look for it and drill down into the search that you have started in this global search. Right, I, I, users will either have to enter a, a a lot of data into their search criteria to pre-filter it, so to speak, or they'll just go into advanced find. Um, there, there is the limitation too of just ten entities, like it, like it's been on the tablet when this when this feature was first introduced. Mm-hmm. So that that might be a little bit of a limitation, and and we're currently and with it, we're not able to select selectively um, choose some of the entities. It's either all of them or one of them. Um, so I think those are enhancements that will that will need to come for it to get really full scale adoption. So that means that if I don't know it's a customer, but I don't know if it's a contact or it's an account, and I search for just those two, that's still not really there. And I might just get a product or a service or something that's named similarly to what I'm looking for. Right. Yeah, and I think when when we started this call, we talked about uh, customers liking configurability. And so that's an area that I think Microsoft will be extending the global search um, in response to customer demand for configurability, the ability to control what they can search for and what um, what shows in the in the view and those types of things. Right. So I look at it as they started with the business process flows. Then 1.0, it was straightforward. You can only do this, but if everyone likes it and everyone says, "Hey, thumbs up." They're going to enhance it in next part. I, I agree with that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Does this mean that they're going more agile? <laughs> it certainly appears that way to us, doesn't it? With the onslaught of new features in the last right. couple of yeah. years. Yeah, and and for me, the ideal way is release it early, see if it works, get feedback, and from that work from that mm-hmm. right do you think that that can bring problems too that you see features that are sort of half-baked i don't know i think you know when you get a large percentage you know for example with this global search you could have over 50 percent of organizations that are going to get value out of it so you are going to have some organizations that say, no, I need more configurability before I can really roll this out to users. But I think it's worth rolling it out to people who are going to get value out of it. So do you see any other features here that you feel like, oh, this is just 1.0, I'm going to look at it, but... Eh. No, I, I think the every everything else that we've talked about today were enhancements to features that have either been there a while, such as products, or enhancements to fairly recent elements such as the uh, such as the business process flows and the and the SLAs and and uh, or the, the the new features such as the calculated fields and roll up fields mm-hmm. that have we've been able to do it with some some extensibility, you know, with plugins and JavaScript. But uh, anytime you're able to do it within the application, I think you can feel better about the reliability and the supportability of it mm-hmm. moving forward. Because sometimes the things we had to do to get the job done, we we ha- maybe had concerns about long-term viability. Yeah, no, an official support from Microsoft always feels better for the customer. Right. And they don't have to bit depend on me as a developer or my my organization where I come from, they can just switch to another consultant agency or another one and they still have everything with them and 
next one doesn't feel like, oh, well, what is this? I've never seen this before because it's standard. Mm-hmm. Sure. Are you looking forward to the new release? I am. I am. Yep. I've been I've been in it quite a bit and I'm very excited about a lot of the new features. Yeah, definitely. We have a number of customers who are in the process of upgrading right now and I think they will be rolling out 2015 as soon as it's available. Um, so that's pretty exciting and also many organizations in the process of implementing who are going to bite the bullet and, and do 2015 because um, because of the new features. So I think we're all looking forward to it. There's actually, I mean, 2013 was a huge hit too. There's a lot of uh, a lot of excitement about the features and capabilities. Do you feel that this product, 2015, are going to convey those CRM4 organizations to finally upgrade or might they be lagging behind even more now? I, I think for many of them, they'll uh, they will go to 2015 and perhaps skip 2013. Mm-hmm. They'll still have to go through that upgrade process. But once you're successfully to 2013, the upgrade from 2013 to 2015 will be a comparatively straightforward upgrade. Yeah, it'll actually in some ways feel more like a service pack update in some ways um, because the upgrade process from 2013 to 2015 will be almost exactly the same as 2011 to 2013, except there may not be so much unsupported code concerns that we had going from 4.0 to 2013. Yeah, I think the biggest, I think, hurdle to people moving from 4.0 to the latest version is reanalyzing their business processes in order to take advantage of the new features. So it's not like they're just upgrading and now we have these new additional features. It's that the existing functionality that they're using has been enhanced. So they have to review that. You know, they have to review their forms. They have to decide if they're going to use process flows. Um, they're going to have to decide if they want to replace their code with with JavaScript. So it's a little bit, or not JavaScript, the um, the business rules. And so it's a little bit of a, a hands-on upgrade. It's not just a button that you can push. And then with the training effort too. So many organizations are facing, you know, the upgrade from 4.0 or 2011 to potentially 2013 or 2015, looking more like their original implementation from an effort standpoint. But I think it's worth it. It'll be, it'll be great. You got to stay with the times. Tell your users that you uh, love new technology, right? Yeah. So so do you think that they will go through and like overlook their sales process or the case process entirely? So re- review it and decide if they need to make changes? Mm-hmm. So yeah. So we need another step here because of some... They definitely should. They should be looking at their processes um, and reviewing them anyway. Because, you know, CRM is like a garden. You can't just plant it. <laughs> you have to, you know, you have That's to a good re- point. weed it and take care of it. So it shouldn't have been something that they just planted five years ago and now they don't want to go through it again. They should be looking at um, all of their processes and determining whether CRM still aligns with them or not. And so an upgrade is a perfect time to do that again. Do you have any next challenge? What are you going to do like right now? Is it upgrading, upgrading, upgrading? Or is it, uh, yeah, what's your next challenge? <laughs> um, well, Power Objects, we, uh, we focus a lot on our add-ons and making sure that they stay up to date with uh, 2015. So we will be doing that this fall as well as educating our customers on 2015, making sure they know that it's coming, what their options are. And that's our big challenge for the fall. I, I would add also the, the, the myriad of options that customers have now with implementing CRM, what we haven't had in the past so much was the the additional uh, components that Microsoft has either incorporated or purchased. So now you know we've had the the mark the Dynamics Marketing, the USD, 
the uh, the unified service desk that is the um, social listening uh, power bi all of these add pieces to the puzzle and now customers have to try to navigate not only CRM in and of itself and that implementation, but also understanding all of these options. Do they go with the the enhancements that Microsoft is adding? Do they go with third parties? Do they uh, do they um, do they go online or on premise? More and more now, online is getting more and more features, uh, more of a cutting edge than the on premise in some regard, mm -hmm. such as Power BI. Power BI is much easier to implement if you're in a purely online world versus on, on premises a little bit behind that. I would like to add to that, that if you're looking for just news about Dynamics CRM 2015, you have to know that there are three different products that are sort of labeled the same. And if you're just upgrading CRM, you're not getting all of that. Right. So I would just like to point out if social listening is another product, and Dynamics Marketing is a third product and they're purchased right. separately. Right, mm -hmm. yep. And if you're looking at the screenshot, you can notice that in the top left corner, it says what it's what you're looking at. <laughs> yes. so, so if you're just an ordinary user looking for news about Dynamics CRM and you're not sure what you're looking at, look at the top left corner of the screenshot, it says. Yes, great tip. Great tip. <laughs> All right. So thank you very much for your participation in CRM Rocks. Thank you for having thank us. You. It's a pleasure. And thank you who are listening. And don't forget that you can comment on CRMRocks.com. See you next time on CRM Rocks.